Are you ready? What are we talking about? Welcome to the Gun Show Podcast, your podcast for gun stuff. (laughs) No? No. Please run that whole thing right there. (laughs) Please, please run that. That's it? So the ATF has been uh, all over the news lately, all over the gun blog sphere and the and the gun forums and the the face book and um, one of the latest things that uh, we talked about uh, on our website thegunshowpodcast.com was the banning of the 7 in 6 uh, ammunition that's 545 by 39 millimeter ammo um, normally the ammo you'd see in the AK74 rifle um, i'm sure it's in other things <laughs> as well that's great. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Other things as well, <laughs> Other Scott. things as well. Sorry, I was distracted. Uh, but basically, the ATF came down and said, uh, we're not letting you import uh, surplus 545 by 39 ammunition anymore, which was dirt cheap uh, before this. And because um, they've classified it uh, like 223 and 7.62 by 39 before it, back in the day, as pistol ammo. So, yeah. So so we talked about this. Uh, there were rumors of it. There was verification from various importers of it. Um, but the ATF finally released the actual special advisory, which yes, led them to conclusion of why 7 and 6 was pistol ammo and why it was made illegal. There was so much science involved, it was crazy. Yeah. Basically, they said it's got steel core in it. Okay. No pistol ammo can have steel core in it. It doesn't matter if it goes to a vest or not. That has absolutely nothing to do with it. It, it has to do with the way the law is worded. Um, if it's got a steel core, it basically it can't be made for a pistol. Um, now, how 545 by 39 millimeter ammo got classified as pistol ammo is uh, is is pretty darn um, I don't know reaching contortionist. I don't know requires a lot of stretching. Um, Why? Because they allowed that gun to be imported? No, there was no such gun imported. That was the best part. According to the ATF, there was a commercially available handgun chambered in 545 by 39. It is called the Fabrica Broni Radom, model 89S. It was approved for importation in 2011. Exactly none were imported. Damn. So was it wasn't available up. for commercial sales. You couldn't buy one. You and I can't buy one. Basically, it was a little bitty uh, uh, radum is Poland, Polish uh, Krinkov, you know, uh, AK-74 thing with the, it's got one of those folding crutch-like stocks, kind of like a tantal or a barrel, kind of sort of. But this is a little, you know, short. And they were going to import a pistol version at some point in time, like they do now with a Zestava Pap or earlier with the Romanian uh, Draco. Uh, but this is back in 2011. So it was never imported, but that was the basis for classifying 545 by 39 as a pistol caliber. Not the availability of pistol in 545 by 39, uh, which are none are really commercially available, but they're, you know, if you go to a gun broker or even a local uh, for sale website, you'll see an AK pistol in 545 by 39 for sale somewhere. People build them. Um, just not, I guess, a commercial. So, is, is, are you kind of questioning why they chose that that firearm specifically? Yeah. Why? And, and yeah. not the AK or the 
AK-74? There's really... Well, the AK-74 is a rifle, right? This is the only commercially available pistol, but it's not commercially available. They don't have any uh, pistols of the versions of the 74? Right now, uh, now, very soon after this, people will start building pistols in 545 by 39 because now you're not endangering the supply. The supply is done. Um, Yeah, you won't be known as that company. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, So... A non-existent importation of a pistol made this ammo classified as pistol ammo. You and I can't buy it anymore. Um, unfortunately, but, that that means no more seven and six ammo. But fortunately, it's not that big a deal because the prices will only go up about four cents around from what we've seen. And we're not going to be. There are other people that manufacture this ammo. It's not just these guys. Right? Yeah. Right now, you can buy uh, Romanian-made. Um, Oh, what do you call it? Uh, um, Red Army Standard Ammo. You can buy Russian-made Wolf and Tulamo, and there's several other brands that are available right now. For like I said, the only four cents around more than the surplus ammunition. Plus, the stuff that's available now is non-corrosive. That surplus ammunition was mildly corrosive. So, so you had to clean your stuff with Windex. Well, water, yes saturated soak it right expensive dish soap something no. like that nope just water all the simple, little things simple green if you start looking <laughs> into the that's another thing about corrosive ammunition i've read a lot of internet reports and a lot of opinions and a lot of forum posts on how to clean your gun after shooting corrosive ammo right right and none of them are wrong but all of them are wrong or have the wrong reasons the salts that are in the primer of corrosive ammo that yes. we, we, we can get, you know, not counting old stuff that has actual corrosive uh, powder, but just corrosive primer. Um, it leaves, it, it'll, it will eat away your gun if you don't clean it, right? You got to get those corrosive salts out of your gun. Well, people say Windex because it has what in it? Ammonia. Yeah. Windex doesn't have ammonia in it. <laughs> Uh, Windex but has... But that's what they say, right? Yes, that's yeah. what everybody says, but it doesn't have ammonia in it. It has alcohol in it. I so don't the, know if I believe so you. So the alcohol... Go get your Windex, I'll man. i have to check. Get the shot glasses out. We're doing this. <laughs> but if I remember correctly, I thought it was pretty much just made sodium chloride, which yes. is salt. So if you're in a wet it, environment, it makes a, it's going uh, Yeah, it rust. makes a nasty... It's not sodium chloride. It's another salt that I can't remember off the top of my head. But, well, yeah. this has alcohol in it, though. That's alcohol. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the alcohol that gets rid of the salts. You're, it's the water. It's the water that's in the Windex. Because Windex Secret is mostly ingre- water. Let's Secret face it. ingredient. Every cleaning. Right. Everybody knows every every cleaning agent you go buy on the shelf is like seventy to ninety percent water, right? Is it? It really is. Yeah. That's why I buy Fabuloso, dog. This stuff's cheap. <laughs> That's exactly right. If That's you're paying for water, you can pay water for water. Jam up the sink. It's actually cheaper like, than water. Fabuloso. Put a bazillion is. gallons of water in your sink and like a half a cap full of Fabuloso. The whole house clean. House is clean, just hot water. Just and while you're at it, <clears throat> drop your AK in that sucker and clean the corrosive salts out. And then you can refinish the wood. So water. Um, the best thing to use is hot water because it evaporates quicker and won't leave moisture on your barrel or it'll rust. But if you clean it with cold water and then thoroughly, you know, come come behind it with some sort of oil 
or other uh, rust preventative. That's all you need to clean your uh, corrosive stuff. And and please, uh, if you have another opinion, so wait, so get on our Facebook and let me know. Rim oil is really good to clean it, then, huh? Rim oil would work. That would flush the salts yeah, out. That would. would be about the only thing rim oil is good for. Yeah, because the rim oil, the only way to <laughs> to move Teflon is suspended is in water. <laughs> That's Does Rimmel have Teflon in it? Yes. I know CLP used to and that's, put it. And that's one actually time. the reason why I don't I don't use it anymore. I used to use Rimoil on my Beretta. Yeah. And it kept rusting. Yeah. I couldn't understand why. Rimoil's not I, a good protector. I did not understand why, and I found out that the only way to suspend Teflon is through water. Well, that's what I was told. So. Listen, the since I heard it, it's gospel, and that's all I can say. <laughs> well, I saw it on Arfcom. Oh well, that makes it a fact. What if that's where was the, it in the GD? What if that's where the guy heard it and told me. I'm oh, kidding. I don't ever go. To, I don't ever go to Arfcom. Ever. You're lying just now. I you don't go to Arfcom. Yeah, and they go, wow. I remember why I don't ever go to Arfcom, and I get immediately back off Arfcom. See, so you go to Arfcom. Admit it. I don't even have a login. Now you're just lying. That's I not do true. not have an Arfcom login. Have you ever had an Arfcom? No, not ever once. Did you ever use a friend of yours? No, I've never logged in. I've never not at once logged Wait, in. Wait, you use somebody else's login for Arfcom? That's never been, Arfcom rules. I've never been logged into Arfcom, ever. <laughs> for those of you who are, are following along closely at this point, <laughs> it's uh, AR15.com. Uh, the short uh, version of that, the slang term, I guess, is Arfcom. It's the Central it's Arkansas Walmart version of a gun community. It's the largest gun community on the Internet, though. I mean, you got to give it that. Uh, it's a great source if you stay away out, out of the general discussion areas. It's a great source of technical information if you have a membership because you can only search 30 days worth if you don't have a membership. Um, the problem with ARFCOM is that because if you don't have a paid membership, you can only search back 30 days, the same questions gets recycled about every 30 days yes, on any true. technical form. And so you could spend about thirty, about a month on Arfcom and get all you need and move on. Uh, to be, I, I'm. It's kind of what you just said is, yeah. is a perfect way of explaining it. I I didn't use everything I found on AR15.com. I actually would find something. It would cause me to question something, and then I would go look it up. Right. And I actually was a member in 2006, and I don't think that I've actually been on it since 2007. I do have a light fighter membership though, because still they have good. Gear. You're not paying for it, right? No. I, oh. Okay. I, was, <laughs> I had like the ten or twelve dollars a month, and I was like, "Whoa, why am I paying for this?" Never mind. There's a lot of uh, there has be there has because Arfcom is so giant. There have become a lot of anti-Arfcom form. There have become people have made <laughs> a lot of they've come about beginning yes. in time of things. Yes, we're anti-order putting in. Speaking of pistoltraining.com, m4carbine.net, um, lightfighter.net. There's a black rifle something in there, like a blackrifle.com or something. There's a retro black rifle. High Road. I like the high. I actually like the high. The road. High Road is one of the original ones. Uh, before that, the firing line. If you yeah, just need a yeah. basic good community to talk to, of course, our friends at Texas Gun Talk. Uh, that's another but, good community. You know, not everybody on ar15.com is bad. No, just all the posts I've seen. Yeah. Not. I mean. Not no, a, it's not. What bad. I mean, though, is not everyone that you can actually interact with. There are some people that are like I said, still the, good guys, the and they'll be nice to you yes, and talk to you about yes. stuff. The technical forums are a great place to go to get technical information. Just stay out of the general discussion areas, and you'll be okay. Speaking of uh, 
Black Rifles, did y'all see the tracking points coming out with a new AR system? I what bet it's going to be super affordable. <laughs> it uh, it's actually, What was wrong with their old AR system? Well, then this is actually comes where it controls the trigger for you. So oh, it's, wow. Yeah. Okay. So it, what it looks like is so actually it's, it's, it's a trigger pack. It's their entire package yeah. instead of just the scope. It, and, Got it. And they kept showing on the left side a Daniel Defense rifle. Uh-huh. So it looks like it actually comes... On a Daniel Defense rifle, oh, they charge ten thousand dollars oh, for the base package. Jokes on everyone. Comes with a DPMS. <laughs> you can buy a lot of Daniel Defense rifles without tracking point for ten grand. We've partnered with Olympic Arms to offer you a ten thousand dollar do-it-yourself sniper system. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this this tracking point series is it's kind of an interesting little tidbit because now this isn't just the scope that we saw. That you you can put on the 700s or you can put on any other the other guns. This is actually controls the trigger. So yeah. once you hold it back over it, you squeeze the trigger, you get it back over target, just like the twenty thousand dollar rifle. It pulls the trigger for you. It's interesting, and this is much more affordable, I guess. It's it's a almost half the price. You have to price. shoot their ammo. I don't. They didn't actually talk about their huh. their ammo. That in was this. the thing with the bolt guns that we were so well. Uh, that surprised that scope about. is not interchangeable. The one of the bolt guns. It's slave to the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had I, the dude, th- this will be slave to the gun. Too. <clears throat> I yeah. had the dude, uh, one of the guys at the counter just broke it down and like gave me a whole rundown of it. Sure. And it comes with like 200 rounds or 300. Yeah. I, I might be and you have to that. buy more ammo from them. Oh, yeah, because the load but, set is calib- it's calibrated to that load set. So. Now, the gun nerd in me loves the tracking point idea, right? This, this computer that's built into your gun tracks your barrel wear, tracks atmospheric conditions, tracks Angle. the ammo you put in it. You know the angle you're pushing. You know uh, everything. It's barrel, got everything. Barrel warp after your cold. Yes, bore. cold bore versus hot bore. Um, uh, you know the humidity level versus you know the 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 temperature level versus everything. Your tax bracket. It will it, it will get down and do your taxes for you, from what I heard. Seriously? No. No. So Wait, is that not it'll true? Deliver I love Jimmy the idea. Of faster. How much is that worth? What? Not only how much is that worth, but but what are we talking about? as far as diminishing returns because what does it cost to go buy a decent gun and a decent ammo and a decent scope package and put it together and go shoot it maybe even add some training in at what price point are we at there it, less than five grand right oh yeah i, I mean when, I you, built- when you say you could get a novice shooter and for less than five grand get them up to decent tactical sniper shooting ability mm-hmm. yes I'd Absolutely. say so. Yes. So this thing is is a little expensive, and I and I like I said, diminishing point of return. But on on this one though, they it's do cool. have the free fire mode, so that you're not just right. slave to the actual um, oh, automatic sure, trigger. Yeah, yeah. So you I can would, actually go off squeezing the trigger yourself. Um, so like I said, it starts out at ten thousand dollars. It's a bit steep, but it's on a Daniel Defense rifle. Uh, it appears to be on a Daniel Defense rifle. Interesting. Well. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I really like the, 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 the geek in me, the gun geek in me, loves the idea of the tracking point system, the, the technology that goes into it. The the, I, I, the only thing that kind of popped sensors. in my head was yeah. an extremely expensive hog hunt where, <laughs> where basically this, you, you have five friends, you all have five tracking points, and you have the one guy with the bolt action who's going to take the first shot, and then everybody else is going to shoot. If they go ahead and tag the pigs or the hogs that they're mm-hmm. going to shoot, once the bolt guy, you know, takes a shot, you could track your shot and make sure you down him. Yeah. That would be the only can you thing. Can track multiple targets? So no, you it's one bang, person. Bang, bang. I, I don't think so. You could only set a, would be a cool. point on one. 
That'd be cool if you could track multiple targets. And then, like you said, with the hogs, you pop one, you swing over it, it pops the other for you, and you swing over it, pops a third one for you, maybe. Now, oh, here's the problem. You know what? You that. couldn't do that. That'd make it a machine gun. As soon That's as you because it's, yeah. it's a pull, you have to have a pull of the trigger. Yeah. But literally, just think about how that wouldn't work. You slam the first one, yeah. they're all scattering. That's what I mean. But the tracking point's the tracking, tracking it. The tracking tracks them. The tracking point tracks As it runs away, you swing your rifle over. It takes into account the speed of the target. It takes into account the wind drift, and it pops it for you. And You're the, just mo- the trigger. And down. the motion actually takes in. It has gyroscope. Gyros- Microscopic sensors in it to actually y'all. Yes, it has y'all well, sensors. Y'all for when you're laying on your side and stuff. But it has that to track it as you you uh, drive. You okay, Scott? Yeah, I'm thinking about y'all sensors and sine and cosine. Yeah, I stopped at math. So yeah, there's too much math involved for this. But it, you know, it makes it harder in the easiest way possible, or easier <laughs> okay, in the so hardest way possible, exactly. depending on how you look. So at speaking that. of math, if I say uh-huh. 12 gauge nope. and Beretta 92. Uh huh. Does that sound like it would ever go together? Yeah, yeah. The 12 gauge Beretta 92 is uh is it's an A901 derivative. No, I have no idea. The 92 is a pistol, and the 12 gauge is yep, a shotgun. Yeah, and I'm lost. Yes. I know what he's talking about though. There's a company that wants to put a 12 gauge on your Beretta. I don't think they want to. They they've done it, and it's, it attaches to a it, it attaches to your AR. Yep. Oh, is this what I think it it's is? It's the key yeah. to the city, man. Oh, Master girl. key in a Beretta. And it also attached to a Taurus. They uh, said it'll attach oh, to either did, one. Did oh, it's that sign good. me up. So you sign can, me up. You can get one that actually uh, fires off flares, or you can get it as a, any other weapon. Well, yeah, the flare one is the flare oh, version. Are we talking about it? No, we're talking no. about a complete upper assembly. You take off your upper assembly, slide barrel, etc., you slide on their upper assembly, you now have a 12-gauge pistol, and either it's an AOW, which means you have to register it, and uh, since you're building it, it's going to cost you 200 bucks, and or it, they have a flare version that only fires 12-gauge flares, and uh, it's it's you know anybody can own that. It's just a flare gun. So you can turn your, your 9-millimeter pistol into a flare gun. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's kind of interesting. We, what we're kind of seeing is a lot of people taking... The current guns or ideas that are out there, and then adding to it, and maybe not improving upon it, but they're sure. they're adding to it. Um, I'm just, trying to I'm trying to play devil's advocate here and and try to f- think of a good application for this. And and the only thing I can come up with is you. I guess you could carry your Beretta 92 or your Taurus 90 series. Mm-hmm. around with you with the regular slide and then it may be in your survival backpack canoeing kit airplane doohickey you can carry instead of a flare no. gun you carry this upper i personally uh-huh. like to set up a half wall uh, breach uh-huh. the door before engaging the hogs that i have by the feed it's so, the only way to do it i mean if you're not doing something what? like that then it's Wait, not what? even a sport why am i just i'm just I don't know. Well, all right, I'm totally lost, but I think okay. I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but all I have in my head right uh-huh. now is Thoughts? Predator, oh. and I just have Arnold standing there, be like, "If it bleeds, we can kill it." But he's holding <laughs> this converted Beretta 92, <laughs> and I'm like, case. "It hangs off." You can it that's, hangs off the bottom of an AR. Billy, that's probably what I'm thinking about ooh, is having ooh, a, a freaking 12 gauge hanging off your thing, not hanging off the AR. Right? Let's 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 take the master key situation out of the way. Okay. What kind of recoil are you going to get from a Beretta in 12 gauge with double out buck? Stout. Ooh, slugs. Can it shoot slugs? <laughs> the kind that is going to put a slide into your face. Hey, you know what I'm going to say? Can you shoot it with the old Gen 92s where they had the um, 
the, oh, the, the non-upgraded uh, slanted dust covers where they were cracking. Yeah, so, I'm sure. sure. So, so would you tell me that it's more force on that than a 40? <laughs> I don't I don't think they're going to let you shoot a... Right? So the the manual I has to say don't shoot buckshot out of this unless it's clamped to your shot to your long gun, right? Uh, what about you, like <gasps> can you put it underneath another shotgun? Shotgun, shotgun? No? Mm, Maybe? Too bear much? hunting application. Bear hunting You put you your know slugs? What? You could cougars. do... <laughs> you could if you had the master key like a uh-huh. like a 500 underneath it. What if it, you had the 6 And then eight. you had that attached to oh, the Picatinny okay. rail. And it's, your, it's, it's called your final shot. Here we go. You Call got of finish, duty. finish him. Yeah. <laughs> so, you got your Saigon. You got your Saigon 308 because what else would you buy, right? So you get your Saigon 308 with a rail system. You've got your Cry 6.8 bolted up to that, oh, right? Right. So you get yes. your 12 gauge breacher. Okay, I'm feeling it. And then your Beretta with the flared thing on it in case you need smoke. Yo, dog, oh. we heard you like to attach 12 gauge uh, AOWs to your 12 gauge AOWs. So we put a we put a shotgun pistol on your revolver pistol, on your rifle pistol, so you can breach while you breach while you breach. Scott, I don't think that's real. Smoke. All those things are real, actually, with this application. Oh, my God. You could really go crazy. If we could get some of those sent to us, we would do that. You know what? You send it to us, we'll do a video. Yeah. We're not scared. Can you please send me the face mask and the bench and everything to tie it down and the string string that I'm going to use to pull the trigger? No, no, it's going to have a really good break. Let me ask you, Ethan. Do you think this is an upgrade or not? (laughs) I don't even want to identify that with a response. You just did, Scott. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with no, unless you need a flare pistol and, and you don't want to pay for a. Fla- How much is a flare pistol? Cost? That would be kind of a cool flare pistol for a boat, though. You know what? If you have a Taurus <laughs> 92 series, you could throw the upper away, right? Because right. it probably doesn't work. And you put this on it, and you'd have a good usable flare pistol. No, I heard that the Taurus ones throw the flares way off to the left. It's kind of flyers. <laughs> so I don't Taurus know. drone assassins are yeah. inbound immediately. <laughs> Get all the dissenters. <laughs> the shotgun on the bottom of an AR, sure. that's, that's an upgrade, right? Well, okay. Ha- how about the fact that what we talked about a couple months ago was the Recover CC3 grips that attach to the 1911s. They actually add a rail to it. Yes. They're starting to ship those. Oh, well, good. So, those things are so ugly. <laughs> they might be ugly, but they give you that option without they adding weight. Well, that's true. If you've, like, the, the way I look at this setup... Say you've already spent a lot of money to have uh-huh. your pistol reworked. Sure. Well, you don't want to have another pistol reworked, so you just throw these grips on there. Now you have sure. a reliable nightstand gun. Now, here's the problem I have with that that over-cover from yeah, that, C3 the, thing. The over-mold, basically. Yeah, it's called the Surefire MR07. <laughs> if you want to add a rail to your 1911, Surefire invented it. Years ago. And how much does that cost? 110 bucks, Something like that? Is that right? MRSN? Yeah, it's it's that. not cheap. It's not for somebody who wants to put, you know, just some cheap, you know, fill in the blank on his 1911. It is It is for somebody who really does need to add a rail to their 1911. It's not It's not for a toy or a game piece or anything like that. Um, what about those tick rails? The tick rail, I don't have any... Um, I don't have any personal experience with. I haven't heard anything bad, but I haven't heard anything good. Right. So I would be tempted to try one of the tick rails, especially at that price point. Um, well, these these over these covers recovers yes. they're only fifty bucks. See, 
that would be a good investment for someone who wanted to try this out. Well, what you about, what okay, I mean? hey, how about that, but it that nine millimeter yeah. that we had? Yeah. That would be, this would be something I would put on that, that American that Tactical. Yeah. A little a toy. Now, if you get a serious use 1911, <laughs> you need to put a, you need to put a light on it. You can get a serious use holster for the Surefire product. Now, this product, uh, from what we've seen, there's going to be no holsters available. Um, not unless you go some custom or, you know, it would probably fit in the Phobos version or one of those, you know, modular doohickeys that they sell. That, um, I do like the idea of this to try it out. Like you said, it's going to be inexpensive. Street price is probably going to be, what, 40 bucks for this thing? So you know, I you know what I think it's going to stay at about the fifty for the street price, maybe maybe forty five, because it's one of those things that just doesn't seem like they're gonna they're gonna come out with it and have such a low price point, or they're gonna come out and they're gonna say you you need to sell it at this price, yeah, because it can't cost them more than a couple bucks to really manufacture it, yeah, and then the rest of their money is going into to marketing. Sure. Now this is made by the same guy who um, invented the Tavor. Right. So, you know, take it or Those leave it. crazy. The Israelis have a different take on guns and gun systems. And, you know, the Roni is a perfect example of that. The, um, oh, what's something else they love to do? The SBR Glock, uh, which Glock is stocks. kind of, yeah, the Glock stocks, which is kind of another version of the Roni. Um, they really like that sort of thing, and and it's very prolific in their arena out there in Israel. But so this is, uh, I'm not surprised to see this from them, but I don't know if it's going to translate over well to the American market. Um, I'd be willing to give one a try and see how well it's made and see how well it works. Um, I'd even make a holster for it if I got one of these sent to me free. <laughs> oh, you would, you would, you would. I would do make that? a holster, not a left-handed one. Sorry. No. No. It's all right. I, I bought one that actually works now. So. Wow. You bought, huh? Yeah. Paid money. My niece. Your knees? My knees. My, my knees. Well, I don't know <laughs> if you said my niece, my knees, my knees, yo dog, my knees. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure he even has a holster at this point. Oh, speaking of holsters, just came undone. No, oh, no, it's literally been like that the whole time. <laughs> Scott, Scott gets dressed up to come to to come do the show. Oh, look good for these podcasts. You said we're going to be on the internet. Yes, we are. Yeah, if people can see us, sit I wanna... up right, Scott. They yeah. can hear you slouching. <laughs> but uh, speaking of holsters, uh, I put a Facebook post on there about the uh, Raven concealment system Vanguard Two. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that holster and uh, after having used it for a while. And I know Martin's used it for a while. Still and I know using it. Ethan has got a lot of experience with this holster. And uh, I don't have anything bad to say about this holster. The only downside, if it is one, is you can't reholster with it. It's like a floppy holster or you have to take it back out of your belt to reholster the gun, which isn't a deal killer for a minimalist, I don't think, at all. Mm-hmm. Especially at this price point, especially at this the, the usability of this thing, it's just it's way more fantastic than I ever thought it could be for a minimalist holster. But uh, I'm anxious to hear your guys' thoughts. Wait, did we hear yours though? Like I just said, I liked it, and it's a minimalist. Oh, oh is that what you talking? That about? was a great in-depth review oh. of it. So I've been using it with a Glock 19. Yes. 
with a Trigicon RMR. I've been using it. I tried it for appendix carry, and I don't think that works with my body type. Body type, yeah. I love body, having this discussion body with type. people. But it does work with uh, as my standard. I normally carry in a hybrid holster in the one. What time is it? I'm wearing a digital watch. I can't. T- Currently, oh, no, it's 5:42. Yeah, in the five. 430 position. Oh, I normally so carry in the 430 fun. position, right? So I put I use this the Vanguard 2 in the 430 position. At the at the hour mark or the minute mark? Yes. So um and I like it. I like it a lot. It works and I don't it, it it's a great holster. I'm surprised at how well a minimalist holster works for me, especially in that carry position. What do you have to think? What do you have to say about it, Ethan? Oh, I keep uh do we still have that? Do we still have that gray one running around? By the way, now that I'm thinking about it, I had is it okay? I don't know who's running it, but um, no, I've worn one for a while. I carried one for probably the last half of 2012, first half of 2013 or so. For about a year, I carried around in one, and uh, it's a again, it's a, not to overuse the word minimalist, but that's what it is. Absolutely, um, it's a great minimalist rig. Uh, if you understand the the lineage of that, it, it stemmed from the original Vanguard, which is. Kydex. The VG2 is actually injection molded. That's worth noting, I think. It's not Kydex. Um, it's not hand-formed Kydex. It's injection right. molded. Yeah. yeah. Um, the old Vanguards were not designed as a holster, a carried holster. It was just a trigger sleeve with a grommet and a piece of 550, and you could Mexican carry it yeah. and then just tie the 550 off to your belt so when you drew mm-hmm. the handgun it would it would come away and what we mean by ne- mexican carry is, is is naked carry is another word basically tucking the gun into your belt um with a glock uh with no external safeties it's a bad idea so raven concealment systems came up with a holster uh quote unquote that basically like you said it was a sleeve that went over the trigger guard that basically acted as an additional safety. Yeah, and I've seen some... It, we I had some discussions with some of the guys. I know some of the gentlemen at Raven and guys that helped design it. And there It came from people that were doing low-profile work and things like that and needed something very, very discreet to throw in. And that's mm-hmm. one thing to note about that holster is that it's very easy to get in your belt. It's mm-hmm. just very fast. You can yes. throw it. I used to wear it in basketball shorts, and I, you could do that because I would just shelf it, basically. Yeah. The loop would be closed hang out the outside yeah. and you could tie it off so it'll okay. still come away yeah. and then that the tail on the bottom yeah that's designed to flip it off if for whatever reason the strut breaks or the loop breaks yeah so you come away with the holster intact and you can just flip it off of your your pocket yes. or something like yes, that yes, so it's yes, got yes. your support hand yeah just it's got it an override so if the holster comes away with it you just flip the shark for use the fin basically to fin it off yeah and that um, works and so i mean it, it's it's come away it's come along come away it's come a long way and uh, I know there's, you know, they've got some other variants in the works. I won't go into that right now, but uh, definitely keep an eye. It, uh, it's not. I show it to people, and a lot of people are impressed, and they have a right to be. Um, I've carried both the Glock and the M&P full size M&Ps in that, and I don't. I'm reticent to call it a 
beginner's holster for that reason. Like if you're if you're just getting into handguns and you should be focusing more on your draw fundamentals and your sights and things like that, and you're taking classes, I don't recommend buying this holster and training with it. Oh right, no, like you said, you can't really reholster. Right, it, so. it's not a training holster at all. Right, no. and it, and and I like I've run it in classes. But everybody's going to end up with a box full of holsters, right? It's just that's the natural progression. If you do it right, you yeah. should have a box of holsters running around your house, going, "Why do I have all these holsters?" And this is an inexpensive way to see if you like one appendix carry. The fully loaded package is or, thirty-five bucks. Yeah. you can't you or can't beat it. Two, if you like a minimalist holster, so you know. So what's what? And it's tuckable. I do like. Yeah, to I was about point to say out. that it's, definitely it's adjustable for ride height. It is ambidextrous. And it's tuckable, right? And left or right-handed. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about it that's, too that's, is that's what ambidextrous means. Is that when what? you when you do have it set up you for a lefty, it actually protects. It helps protect your your uh, magazine release. Because mm-hmm. uh, us, we you know how many times you bump into something. Well, right-handers don't usually have to worry about their uh, magazine release getting bumped. Yeah. This actually protects it a little bit. That it actually sense. has a little kick out around it. Huh. So that's brilliant. I mean, I've been using it for about four months now. I absolutely love it. Um, there's only thing that I have a problem with is the fact they only offer it for a Glock and, a, and the M&P. As there's a lot of people that I know that would like to carry you know, different firearms, and they're just limited. They love it. It is, like Scott said, it's minimalist. There's adds no weight to it, clips right on, clicks, and firmly attaches to the trigger guard. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I like about this style of holster that some people may or may not think about is... If your wife, your girlfriend, your fiance uh, wants to carry, and she, you know, puts her hand inside of her purse like most women should, and actually grips the gun in a situation where she might be afraid, you can actually take the 550 cord and wrap it around one of the little um, I grommets, don't know, grommet, the yeah. buckles, something any, on any, there. Any any solid anchor point. And if somebody comes and rips the purse off. They, they the have their gun, and it's going to be unholstered for them. I was going to say, <laughs> I like this This also as if I take off my gun and put it somewhere, it's it's protecting the mm-hmm. trigger, yep. trigger goes which is it. the most important thing. And now I don't feel bad about having a loaded gun floating around somewhere. I don't have to unload. Mm-hmm. I can now you know throw this in my gym bag or set it you know in my trunk. He means gently place it in his gym yes. bag. He doesn't throw stuff. Well, he always. probably doesn't put anything in the gym bag. No, he doesn't. That would going to no my, my little AK is in there now. I got my I put my AK in the gym bag. What gym do you go to? I'll stop going to that gym. Anyway. It doesn't work. Um, I don't go to a gym. I just have a bag. Point. Go to any gym you want to then. It's a not-so-gym bag? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the everywhere but the gym bag. Yes. That's, <laughs> it's a trunk bag. Let's face it. It's from a house to the trunk. Back to the house. He tries um, to say that he walks in there feeling awkward because he's out of shape. It's the fact that he's a redhead. Wait, what? What just happened? Well, this went rapidly downhill. downhill. I don't... He's <laughs> hurling downhill. Do you have one of the... Did we get racist just like, now? Yeah, do you have one of the... Can you, can you put that sound effect I'll, in? I'll see if I can find one. I'll no, just throw it in there. Um, oh, so Brian's going to be so mad if you add sound effects. I'm trying to think <laughs> of some of the other high points. It comes what was that, Scott? You, you said it's just one person? In no, the, don't. What you said oh, at no, one don't, point. No, don't, don't. Just don't. No. Don't want oh, it. Can't sound effects. What were you saying, Ethan? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think because they've. Does I was actually out of the Vanguard game for a little bit, and they they rolled there was the other a game. <laughs> well, they rolled the colors and they rolled. Uh, yes, they have a, a flat, dark earth and and gray foliage. Gray. I think it's foliage. I don't think it's gray. As I dude, I don't. They and then they got. Uh, uh, yellow. They did the bumblebee. I don't know if that one's still out. That might have been a limited run. I think that was a. The yellow one was a limited thing that you had to get a hold of, and then. They did a red one, uh, which I actually have 
the red, which was done for was it for Glock or MMP? Glock? It was only done for Glock, and it was done actually. One of the guys who helped invent invent this, his name's Paul Gomez. He, he passed away in 2012, and he he was known for his signature training. You know those red training Glocks? Sure, yeah. He carried one. That's what he trained with, like not carried for, but that's what that was his go-to training. Oh, okay. Before the cert pistols yeah. existed, and those were a great training tool. Sure. So they ended up doing the limited edition one that was oh, cool. all the money basically went to his daughter's trust fund, so I picked one of those up. So it's a cool limited edition red Vanguard 2 for the Glock. That that's they cool. Did. You going to so, let me have that one? That's great. Thanks. N- no, no. So I keep I keep. <laughs> then I picked it up and I was like, "Okay, you sexy. That's cool. <laughs> we can deal with this." <laughs> that whole string is great. There goes the soundboard. <laughs> all right. Oh. Are we still? Are we, can, we, can I yeah. talk? Okay. Yes, by all means. That's what a podcast is for. So, just for anyone that uh, their wife may have walked in the room, we're currently <laughs> talking about the Raven Concealment um, Vanguard 2. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway. Um, I was trying to make it sound like the real radio, you know? They had to kind of go back to some other stuff. Golly. You can just rewind. They've Does got anyone the, listen to the real radio? I don't listen to the radio. They have the radio still. No, I that listen exists? to NPR. Oh, this is an NPR. I need to get a better radio um, for my car. That's all I'm saying. They had the. Uh, I was. I got yeah, to go over and, and peek my head into the uh, Lone Star Medical Conference. Was uh-huh. two week. Yeah, not this last weekend, but the weekend prior. Um, they so had you the did first, go. I just popped in for the meet and greet. I kind of um, injected myself just to had some friends in town. So I wanted to no pop pun up intended, and say hi. right? In the medical hey. conference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're not familiar, it was it was kind of underwritten by ITS Tactical and orchestrated by Caleb Causey, uh, who owns Lone Star Medic. So if you're local to the DFW area and you're looking for medical training, he does civilian law enforcement, you know, all up and down the spectrum of, of expertise and proficiency. But it was basically a come together of a bunch of medical professionals from all over. They had a dentist, they had a veterinarian, they had nurses, they had, you know, trauma medics, they had, you know, the quick clock guys, there was industry people there and things like that. And it was just a workshop, it was a, a big clinic for different medical things, both like trauma management, like if, you know, you get in a concealed carry shooting or an active shooter, all the way up to the prepper types who would be more interested in they did like a veterinary thing, how to use your IFAC, your first aid kit on your dog. Mm-hmm. Or how to do like dental work and things in the field. If you know in a scenario where you're doing preventative Man, I should health. Have thought of that. And um, they had uh, Dark Angel Medical. You know, I pimp those guys a lot. Um, they're good friends of mine, and they have a lot of good stuff coming out. If you ever check them out, DarkAngelMedical.com. Uh, their Saint Mike bag, and you reminded me because you said Jim bag, Scott. Yeah. But he rolled the Saint uh, Carrie rolled the Saint Mike bag out. And it's a little bit bigger. It's about a range bag size, uh-huh. and you can buy it stocked. I think I mean I'll look it up and get the price, but it's about five or so, five hundred bucks. But it comes with a fair amount of quick clot, you know, ITD stuff. Oh, like for that. range use, for yeah. something to keep on the range or in right. the vehicle for range support vehicle. Oh, but I like it's that. large enough to put other things in, so you can. They designed like it like an AK forty seven pistol. Well, pro- I don't know about with the, the folding arm brace. Speaking of, right we now. need to talk about that folding arm brace here in a little bit. Oh yeah, sure. But yeah, give a. Uh, Give Dark Angel a look if you haven't already. I, I know I harp on them pretty large, but if you're if you're shooting, if you're doing any kind of shooting ever, <laughs> what just happened? Uh, Martin found the soundboard. Get my agent on the line. You that was um, that was kind of the wrong one. I no I, Scott. It was um. But here we'll we'll get him for you though. We'll get him. 
Maury Ballstein. <laughs> Are you calling Exchange 471? <laughs> wow. <laughs> So speaking of SIG pistol braces, 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 I can't oh. even talk after that. Wow, I messed it all up. I need to start wow. drinking. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the ATF has actually released an official letter uh-huh. about the uh, SIG yes, arm braces. Yes, yes, there was some sort of cop somewhere, some sheriff's department uh, wrote a letter to the ATF saying, hey, if I shoot a SIG pistol brace from my shoulder, which everyone does, is it still a SIG pistol brace and legal to put on a pistol without being a AOW or SBR? And the ATF said, since it doesn't matter what it's des- what it's how it's used, what matters is what it's designed for. The SIG pistol brace can be used basically as a buttstock because it was designed not to be used as a buttstock. Right. So yeah, uh, basically everyone who's using the SIG pistol brace as a buttstock, which everyone is. Um, can go ahead doing so, keep doing so now because they have an ATF letter. And yeah, but we're not telling you because there could be local laws. Oh, or you some, should always use strange. the SIG pistol brace as the manufacturer intended. Yes, because the Gun Show podcast is not going to tell you not to use it as it's intended. And yes. no one in this room is winking. No one winked at that. No, no one. No one. They, they can't see this. Is very, can they see that? This is very. You guys just told me they can't see the bow tie. Super serial. I'm so confused. They can't see it now because it's on the ground because you got angry and threw it where they saw you throw it. No, I didn't throw. I wouldn't throw your bow tie, dude. That's rude. It's not my bow tie. Speaking of SIG and the ATF, SIG oh, is suing the ATF and rude things. SIG is suing the BATFE. Who, who's that? The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, and really big fires. So now it went from just regular people saying, hey, I'm going to sue, to now every company suing everyone, too? Yes. So SIG Sauer this is, is suing the 2000s. Yeah, it was the 90s when it's everyone 90s. was suing. Now, we'll sue you. Yes. Wait. Now the manufacturers are like, hey, it's 2014. We're going to sue everybody. It's still popular. Yeah. So basically in We have those lawyers on retainer. We need to well, use them for something. We have a lawyer? Well, I don't know. I don't, well, we kind of do, I guess. We got, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have a lawyer. I have a lawyer. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have lawyers or if not. Ipso facto, we have a lawyer. Thanks. I just wanted yeah. to clarify that. Yeah. Well, hey, Scott is no longer on the show. Wait. Oh. You'll hear from my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, introducing Scott Fuller, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) He is our uh, co-host next below Ethan. Wait, what? Uh, Wait, what? Nobody's below Ethan. He's the shortest. So, yeah, I went there. I went there. You can go redhead jokes. I go short jokes. I was the one that went redhead. You made a a short joke at the guy who didn't make a redhead. Yeah. Thanks. Makes sense. I'm an equal opportunity (laughs) aggressor. Hater. Hater. So uh, we talked Watch about your this ankles. product that SIG is suing the BATFE for back in 2012 after the SHOT Show because they had it at the SHOT Show. And I forget what it was called, but it was basically a giant nine-and-a-half-inch long quote-unquote muzzle brake that looked exactly like a suppressor baffle stack hmm. that they had permanently attached to a 6.5-inch barrel hmm. on an AR-15 or the MPX or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this That's thing? What, I, 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 don't, I don't remember this. Okay. Uh, I think if you Google SIG MPX, you'll come up with pictures of this thing. It looks like the insides of a suppressor welded to the end of a barrel. Okay. Uh, and it's underneath a handguard. Um, well, the ATF said that makes it a suppressor because it looks like a baffle stack. Uh, SIG responded that that. it is not a suppressor because it makes the gun louder. And the ATF said, no, no, 
it looks like a suppressor, therefore it is a suppressor, and you would have to file all the forms and things that a silencer would have to follow uh, to make that barrel and buy that barrel and sell that barrel. Um, so SIG didn't like that, so they're suing the ATF. Um, so we'll see how this I goes. I think it'd be rather comical if they cut into it instead of having that those slanted you know, cuts uh-huh. in it, if they put not... A suppressor, like cut that into it <laughs> and like let them see what it the is. The sig, not a can. Then when the ATS saw, they go, "Oh, that's not a can. It says right on there. That's what I know." Um, I think I, I saw this uh, company called Innovation Arms. Have you ever heard Innovative of Innovative Arms? Yeah, Innovative Arms. Yeah. They did a um, uh, a suppressor, and it was actually chambered in 300 blackout, and he cut into um, the break uh-huh. was 300. So oh, that, that was cool. kind of it was yeah. kind of neat. He added it huh. on there. So it looks like another company, according to this website, which is what am I? Tactical Fanboy. Oh, Soldier Systems Daily. Oh, I th- um, you're not on AR15.com. Let me check. No. Okay. Uh, I told you I don't get the internet on my phone. I just have the this. Uh, I did call for reader. it the other show, and it did not come. So. <laughs> Kind of left Innovator Enterprises uh, also had a suit against the ATF because the ATF classified the Innovator Enterprises stabilizer brake as a suppressor. Um, so this is interesting. The court, uh, huh? So yeah, the, uh, yeah, great. In, in Everyone the, loves listening to in, you. So it's bad pot. I'm sorry. Innovator Enterprises um, was uh, was able to overturn the ATF's. Uh, determination letter um, because it was based solely on physical characteristics. Okay, I remember this, yeah. Uh, the word uh, that Judge Bates used uh, when he railed against the ATF, and I, you guys should go check this out. Look up U.S. District Judge John Bates and Innovative Innovator, I'm sorry, Enterprises um, because he said some scathing, horrible things to the ATF, which makes me happy. Hey, you don't want to go there, buddy. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to go there. He went there, and he didn't mind. Oh, no, he didn't. My favorite part of what Judge Bates... Did you just snap? ...said to... Yeah, that was awesome. Did I you thought get I saw, it? Yeah, I thought I saw your head movement, too. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I got it. Mm-mm. So my favorite part of what Judge Bates said to the ATF was, you can't be arbitrary and capricious in your determinations of these findings. And, and in this case, it was finding that this break was a suppressor because it looked like one. And that's my favorite part because if the ATF is one thing, it's arbitrary and capricious when it comes to what things would, like suppressors. What would capricious mean? Arbitrary and capricious means they make it up as they go. Mm. And that's what we're talking about. Are you about being here. capricious right now? I don't believe about I the am. definition. I'm being arbitrary. Did you and capricious. be capriciously capricious? <laughs> yeah, I I don't have a problem with that. But you know, I don't do math, so I would just like to highlight. Uh, not that I would ever <laughs> buy. <laughs> what the? Well, a I'm looking up the definition of capricious. B uh-huh. you I can't spell like capricious. Oh, Google can. You just tell me. Wait, you have the internet. You said we didn't have the internet. Uh, I have LTE. You don't have the internet. Anyway. I don't know what that anyway, means. I think there is someone sitting in a in a small corner room in SIG, uh-huh. and they're writing a book, and it's called 50 Shades of How to Troll the ATF, because it just seems uh-huh. like SIG does not care anymore, and it I love it. It probably isn't titled 50 Shades. I'd get sued if they did that. I love it. Because it doesn't sound like... 50 Tones. Ooh. 50 Ways to Make the ATF Angry? And it's... I, I, it, 
I don't even own a SIG, but it like makes me want to own a SIG just to show some solidarity. Well, I was going to say that with SIG suing the BATFE, um, I think we should all go out and buy a SIG pistol brace. Whoa. Because one... SIG stuff? Yeah. We had a listener <laughs> that uh, decided to write into us, uh, Cindy. If, yes. I, I mean, I don't know if... Uh, hello, Cindy. Mad cushy props and virtual high five. She says that she went through and listened to our previous podcast, which we always apologize, apologize for. for. Uh, All right, said, I'm out of that one. I have no <laughs> idea what just happened. You she, weren't there, so you can't be uh, held liable for it, but yeah. you should be punished. <laughs> uh, no, sir. This is not the military. We don't do that here. Okay. She put you, and she actually said that you mumbled the phrase, Scott, I would never own a SIG, or I have never owned a SIG. And now you're telling everyone they should go buy SIG products and support SIGs? SIG wholeheartedly. Well, as I said to Cindy, <laughs> while that does sound like exactly something I would say, um, I didn't mean it. <laughs> there are some SIG products that are interesting to me yeah. and that would be on my list of two own the, they're not high on my list the 556R mostly like yeah, mostly like Scott's tempting. Scott's tempting. walls of yes and no or own and not own are is really only about an inch tall and he hops back and forth yep. on either side of that it's wall like, so what am I getting yep. for free or cheap this month yeah. hey we talked about the SIG pistol brace when it first came out we didn't get it now I've got one and I think it's the greatest thing since sliced cheese and I think everyone should go buy at least one yeah, ah, especially I, in flat dark earth because up, tactical. All right, so I've got the definition. If it was of in wolves, I've got the definition it, of capricious. All right, whose definition is it? Don't be capriciously looking com. it up. That, that seems to be an objective enough source. <laughs> it's from the internet. Like, how bad can it be? Like, oh, wait, it's like it's from the wiki are you commons on the urban dictionary. dictionary? <laughs> no, that would be bad. no. <laughs> so it is. It, Subject to led by or indicative of a sudden odd notion or unpredictable change, comma erratic. So making up as you go. Two fanciful or witty. Oh, I, I wouldn't say it's fanciful or witty. I, well, I am capricious. <laughs> some people. The ATF is. Some people not. would say you're footloose and fancy free too, Scott. But don't put baby in a corner. No, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> Footloose, that was Dirty Dancing. She's Whatever. <laughs> well, Cindy did say that she said she's found a couple Sig Sours that shoot very well for many and are quite comfortable to carry. Um, she asked if we, asked if we could cons- discuss our concerns with Sig further. And then she said, speaking of water, did it occur to anyone that if Ethan had more water and your studio had less water, a few recent <laughs> catastrophes would have been avoided? By the way, that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm really happy about that. I, I enjoyed that one a lot. <laughs> Well played. <laughs> yes. Well played. Well, and, and Two I, snaps I, up in a circle. I left it off, and at the start she had talked about how we had, you know, all the the fluid conversation and all that <laughs> stuff. So. It's a conversation that's anything but it's fluid. A very, yeah, it was a very dynamic and fluid situation we had there. A lot of fluid dynamics. <laughs> I figured... That if I dynamically if I took, came out of the ceiling and landed on all our equipment. If I took this conversation in 90-degree turns, uh-huh. it would bog down every <laughs> once in a while, and then we could just go back and forth. And it would get it. banned from Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would go with it. So, uh, so, yeah, a SIG, let's see. The original SIG products were obviously good products because they were prolific. Um, 
I kind of lust after the P210. Anybody else? Am I alone in what, that? What makes the P210 so special? That cool 9mm thing that they sold for years and years. Uh, I don't know. Single action only. I'm about to take this one to the you Really? You don't know the P210? Oh. What was there? They had that one where they wanted you to... It, the one frame would do everything. The P250. Oh, the 250. 250. Yeah, that was not No, it a wasn't really pistol. a frame. It was kind of a drop-in. And then, yeah, that was not a good... That was that was a train wreck. That was going to be SIG's premier pistol for, I want to say, four or five years ago. And they pushed longer it. than that. Has it been that long? Yeah, it's been longer. Hmm. Eight, eight years ago. Yeah, least. I think you're right. I think you're right. And uh, it was going to be SIG's premier pistol. They put all their eggs in that little basket for this P250. And I like the idea of it. The modularity right. appeals to me. The Lego ass. Right, everybody likes Legos. Right. So, unfortunately, this this was horribly done and horribly executed, and it was rolled out badly. I'll tell you what: the P250. You could go to the store. You could buy a P250. You could buy the P250 with a medium grip frame, and the Sig dealer would have all the other grip frame sizes there on a little plaque, you know, bolted down as a little display, so you could try the sizes and see which one fits your hand best. Mm. And you go, I like this one, and he'd look at you and go. I don't have any extra grip frames. And this was like two years. The, the gun had been around for two years at this point, and the guy doesn't have any extra grip frames. It's probably almost impossible for him to get his hands on any. And this thing was expensive. Yeah. This, this gun was in the seven, $650 range. We're talking eight years ago. The modularity of it is great for police departments, where you have a lot of different hands, you know, a lot of different sizes, so that you're not just picking up, oh, oh everyone's modular- got the 226 or something. Modularity and adjustability is always good, right. if it has a reason. Um, another good point. And if it is, somebody if it's backed out, up. If you could only, for some reason, if you lived in a jurisdiction where you could only, you know, buy one pistol, or you were, you could only get a permit for one pistol. This thing had the same serial number for nine forty forty five three fifty seven sig, full size, subcompact, all of them, same serial number, same gun, to the authorities. So it was a good gun for that. Now, the trigger was bad. The gun didn't work as reliably as a SIG should. Um, and uh, at some point, it became the Sigma of SIG. If anybody remembers Smith & Wesson rolling out the Sigma yeah. years ago, it was their premier pistol you back might when have, the Glock was out. And, and you, may, you may not admit to it, yeah. but you, you call it an SB40 so that you can kind of get away yeah, with it. Yeah, the SV40D now. SV40V yeah. or VE or whatever. Yeah, yeah the V was the enhanced when I had the V. Everyone, um, You see, everyone always says, no, 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 I yeah. don't have a Sigma. I had the, early, I had the pre-enhanced one. It was a Sigma. There are yeah. Sigmas. They argue it, but that's what it is. And, and Smith & Wesson put a lot of money into marketing. They put a lot of money into getting sued by Glock for their design, and it was so not as good a pistol as a Glock, and... They eventually ended up selling them for hundreds, literally a couple hundred bucks. And that's what happened to the the P250 over at SIG. This gun was, I, I remember seeing it on sale for you know $300. But how do you feel about SIG's quality control, Scott? I think it went downhill. I think uh, what happened was there was a guy who was running a company called Kimber. And uh, I'll probably, <laughs> I'm probably going to alienate some more listeners, but uh, Kimber... Um, Which is famous for 1911s. Very famous 1911 company. They, they were great. They were a great company. You would walk into a gun store, and there would be two 1911s in the case, two brands. Right. And may, maybe three. Okay. Uh, one of them would be Colt. The other would be Kimber. The Kimber would be cheaper. It would have more... Uh, 
it would have more you know va- uh, uh, features on it like uh, aftermarket stuff and this was back in the day before you could get you know extended beaver tails and extended uh, uh, magazines and funnels and and things all the stuff we take for granted now that you when can get on a rock the magazine island. funnel it's that little um, it's basically it's like a little funnel that goes on the bottom of yep. your magwell and it helps Makes you get your magazines into the gun into the yeah, gun basically it funnels your magazine into the gun fasterish yes. for speed reloads well all those cool things that we all take for granted on 1911s now used to be you'd thank have you, to Taurus. send it to somebody yes thank you Taurus and Kimber and we can Kimber. thank Kimber for that. But so you'd walk in there. The Kimber would be a couple hundred bucks cheaper than the Colt, and it would have more stuff hanging off of it. And it was a no-brainer. You buy the Kimber, and it ran just as good as a Colt. And then over the years, Kimber kept cutting corners. They were the first to introduce MIM. MIM. Yep. And say? there's nothing wrong with MIM. MIM. I want to be. I want to be perfectly clear on that. There's nothing wrong with MIM. MIM done well is brilliant, and it's cheap, and it works. What is MIM? Metal injection molding. It's basically how they make polymer stuff, uh, but they make it out of metal. They inject the metal into a a form instead of forging it or machining it. And it probably is machined afterwards. But a lot of stuff is MIM now. Glock extractors are MIMed now. There's nothing wrong with MIM stuff. Um, So there was the MIM stuff. Because Glock uses it. Yeah, I just said that. That's the reason. Yeah. No, no. Magpul <laughs> uses it. Lots of metal injection molding. Okay, going you're, on you're getting off topic, so go ahead. <laughs> so there was a lot of corners cut over the years. To Kimber didn't exactly try to put out a good product at a good price point. They did the corporate thing and started cutting corners in manufacturing, started cutting corners in um, supply, started cutting corners in quality control, and their quality fell. And that was unfortunate, and I think Kimber's still living off their old, you know, uh, reputation. Yeah, they really are. I think they're living off their reputation. I don't think it's a solid choice for at any point in time for a 1911, especially at their price point. Um, The guy from Kimber went over and started to run SIG about, oh, eight years ago. And... SIG quality control suffered. I think they cut a lot of corners, especially about the time the P250 started failing. I think they were trying to make money still, uh, and they, the 250 wasn't making them any money. Um, we saw a lot of problems from SIG. We saw a lot of problem pistols from SIG. We saw a lot of departments, large police departments have problems from SIG. I think they fixed some of that. I think they're a lot better than they were. I don't think they're up to the SIG of the olden days. Uh, which was bulletproof. You know, you didn't need to worry about getting a lemon SIG. I mean, it happens. Let's face it. Even Glock can put out a lemon. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Even Glock can put out a lemon or two. But, you know, because it's a man-made optic, anything can be a lemon. But Glock has got a solid Probably that metal reputation molding. Hey, when life, be. When, yeah. when life gives you lemons, you make a single stack 380. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what happened to Sig, but I think Sig's doing a lot better. I've seen a lot of great pistols from Sig recently. A lot of great pistols that other people own because I refuse to. Because Sig's prices have just gone up. I think it's priced itself out of the market. Let's face it. For a double action uh, combat handgun. There are a lot cheaper choices. I mean, a Beretta is almost half the price of a 226. 
That's ridiculous. FN. If you, I, I always an FN. Like FN. A CZ. A CZ. A CZ. A CZ. I love CZ. I have had this conversation three times this week because it's like, well, SIGs and SIG is still I had it this morning. Top three of like need to go to a very bad place and shoot bad people. Sure. It's yeah. up there. It'll it's never be off that It's a great pistol. List. Yeah. But if I had to carry a hammer, which, and again, I can't find a situation where I would need to carry a hammer, it would either be an FN or a CZ. Here's the problem with a SIG. A SIG is priced at HK territory and doesn't give you anything over an HK. As a matter of fact, it probably won't be up to the standards that an HK is. And for as anyone, far as quality. That, anyone that's confused, we're talking about... Um, Manufacturers here. We're not talking about a specific gun. No, no, we're talking so about we lines say, yeah, of when guns. When we say yes. SIG, we're talking about the manufacturer and HK. We're talking no about no one really, really important listens to us, so we would be dead in the water. Right no, now. that's ridiculous. CZ, I think, is the best traditional double single action pistol. Made, Why would you say period. that, Ethan? No, we're alienating everybody but Glock, and they made the 42. So. <laughs> but the other Anywho. One. Stop alienating our fan base, Scott. <laughs> Oh, how prophetic it was. <laughs> oh, how prophetic that was. Oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> um, so, to alienate our fan base more, um, SIG's got some great products. We're not talking We're not talking bad about everything that no. they've made. No, no, we're no, no. We're talking no, no, no. about the truth and the way that the, the market trends have gone. And, hey, we're way up here, and I think I said this in my reply to Cindy, we're way up here at the top. We're at the tippy top. We're at the cutting edge. We work in the industry. We see everything. We hear everything. We have our opinions as people at the tippy top that maybe are a little heavy on the opinionated side. As opposed to professional opinions, maybe we should be more opinionated on the professional side. It's easy to tell somebody to go buy a Glock because right. we know it works. We know the chances of it working are real high. We know the price point it's sold at. If you came to, and I think Ethan said this in, in different words, if you came to a class I was teaching with your SIG in your holster, I wouldn't say anything bad about it at all. Yeah, we're not the guy behind the gun counter, and I'm not no. expecting it to. I would, I would actually be surprised if the. I'd gun... be surprised if it if it didn't run through the class. You know, even a high round count is something ridiculous. One of these tactical 500 round count classes. I would be very surprised if a sig that you had come with that you had been running, you know, before, you know, because you don't ever go to a class with a new gun, but something that you had fired a couple hundred rounds through without any problems, and you came to a class and it broke. That would surprise me. I mean, even if someone came with a 1911. And let's face it, you can't buy a bad gun nowadays. It's very difficult to go into a gun store, buy a brand new gun with a new new tag hanging off of it with a name brand on the slide that we've all heard of and get a piece of junk that won't run. It's very difficult to do. Um, I think quality, I think we expect a lot uh, from the quality department and we get snobbish when we don't get that. We, we look down on things like Taurus. We, we're, we're constant Taurus bashers here. But I've had some Tauruses that ran great. I, I love my Taurus revolver. I had a yeah. I had a Taurus revolver that wouldn't run. I'm one of those people. So I got to try one of those nine yeah. shot trackers in twenty. It's so much fun. I got I was two other Taurus revolvers that won't not run. I was shooting a 1911 Taurus 1911 tactical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ran. Had a Kimber. I like the Taurus 1911. Jam, See, jam, jam, jam. If jam. I get a 1911 and it doesn't have someone's name on it, yeah, I'm gonna expect that thing to have stoppages. Yeah. Not break, yeah. but it's gonna have stops. Yeah, nineteen uh, yeah. uh, are finicky. We've talked about it on the podcast. Now, so that, but that being said, we're not necessarily trying to attack 
any direct no, manufacturer. No, 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 no. It, it may mean, sound that sound that way because we are opinionated, and that's why you listen to the show to hear our opinions. Um, and well, we and we do stand behind our opinions, but maybe we should, you know, sometimes no, back off. What it is is that I think <laughs> that if you if you enjoy the gun that you shoot or it fits your hand perfectly, continue to use it. You know what we tell yeah. you, or our experiences are just that. There are experiences, and yeah. you know if we if we go and take a poor shot for a spin and we wreck it, it's probably us that does. No, Porsche you know. makes a terrible car. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's the an Pan America's a great car. No, I l- actually I love Porsches. My uncle had an old. 71 911. It's too late. We already awesome. lost Porsche. We had them. I was on the phone well, with them. He and also now had they a 944, and I forgive them for why that. Would, I why would they make them Why did for they the make that? You know what? The 944 is forgivable. The 924? Unforgivable. You mean well? You mean well? The nine for the Porsche, the Porsche Sun 240Z. Is that what we're talking about? Here? Yeah, because that that's it. what that is. The 914 was almost unforgivable. The best, they didn't make the the best usage six. of a 944 <laughs> was when they used it in a Britney Spears music video and crashed it into a pool. How do you know? Wait. How do you? What? There's yeah. a Britney song. I have to watch this. Look it up. Oh, crap. What's the song? I got to think of it now. It'll oh, like you don't me. have it memorized. Well, yeah. I'm trying. It's on your favorites on your phone. Yeah. I got to find He's it. He's looking. What song hilarious. is it? Keep your saves. They're really good pistols. Um... But you know, speaking of the Sig, uh-huh. they're coming out with uh, uh, performance ammo, their own. They line. already have. It's already on the shelves. Yeah. I don't know anything about it, but you can go buy it. Yeah. So I, if you're listening and you go to the store and they have Sig ammo, go buy it, then test it for us and let us know what. Yeah. It's about. It's, well, I mean, what we can give you, what we know about it is, it's a hollow point. Yep. And uh, it's uh, silver casing. Nickel plated. So, yeah. Brass. That cuts down on the friction. You know, I did see a, I, I saw a, um, I saw a very short review at Lucky Gunner. I want to say. So if you want to check, if you want to check that out, then what? When are you? Are you eating a taco? Yeah. Where did you get that taco from? Has that been in your pocket this whole time? Mm-hmm. You have a pocket taco. It was hidden under the thing. And you decided now was a good time to eat it. Well, we're talking about SIG ammo. Do you think I wear cargo shorts because they look cool? <laughs> Do you have any pizza? What Pop- else you got in the pockets? First aid kit. <laughs> Made by Dark Angel Medical. Does it have any <laughs> sort of blood. antibiotic in it for that taco you've been getting? Yeah, I'm no, sorry. but it's been <laughs> sitting there because the side of this taco definitely collapsed and it's like soggy. But yeah, is that cheese sticking out of coming out of the taco? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was. It looks delicious. It's amazing. You want some? No, bite it, Scott. Bite it. No, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bite it. I'm not gonna bite it. I'm not gonna bite it. Scott, just bite it. Come on. It's delicious. That's a good taco. Not even. Not even mad. Hey, if you live somewhere with a taco casa and you like their tacos, come to our Facebook at facebook.com/slash/gunshowpodcast and don't tell us anything about your taco habit. We want to know about your guns. You stop right now. If you live in West Texas, and by West Texas I mean El Paso. They don't have those in El Paso. Chico's tacos. Chico's? Oh man. No. But what but you're not eating a Chico's taco. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just saying I don't I've got taco casa. I want to hear about your experiences at Chico's. <laughs> He's jumping. Hey, so we get the, sorry, we get the studio all cleaned you know up and now it's If you live everywhere. in West Texas, forget Chico's. Go to Alfredo's. 
They have the best carne asada burrito that money can buy. So the SIG ammo is in 380 9mm, 40 Smith & Wesson, and 357 oh. SIG, along with 45 ACT. Yes, I, I read the review. They tested uh, the 380, the 9mm, and the 45, and uh, they tested against HST, Federal HST. For those of you who don't know, Federal HST is a top-of-the-line defensive ammunition. Um they shot it into some ballistic gelatin along with the HST, and it basically came down to what we've always said: uh, 380. Do not buy hollow points. Buy if you're going to carry a 380 for defensive use, carry ball ammo or something from Buffalo Bore, because hollow points do not penetrate enough out of a 380 to to do the damage that we're looking for in a defensive round. Seriously. Was it delicious? Yeah. I had to finish. Are you are you good now? Hang on, I got stuff in my teeth. <laughs> oh look, tea. Oh. You know, there's a trash can. You just put it <laughs> put it wherever. Doesn't really matter. I didn't make it to the. <laughs> Is that unsweet or sweet tea? Well, it was sweet about an hour ago. <laughs> the, the crushed ice. Um, <laughs> Just because it's Mexican food doesn't mean you can use it as a freaking um, meringue maraca. Maraca, come on, man! Can't use it as meringue pie. That's meringue. It's like meringue. That's not right. Machaca. Sounds no, that's something. Machaca is really. Oh, machaco. I do it. the little chocolate taco thing. I no, hope, I hope oh. machaca is a real breakfast item. It's a Mexican. Look up machaca. You're so racist. So the it says the guy who eats chocolate tacos. Says the I'm guy who white. was talking about carne asada. Like, they have the best. They have the best carne asada burritos. I don't think I said it that way. I'm gonna have to listen to it. I'm a redheaded white dude from the suburbs. Like what? But basically, what I got <laughs> there he was sailing along. <laughs> which I think this is a good time to no. play that. Oh yeah. No. Let's go spin it up. I get enough crap on this thing. Wait, can I say? What? What? So there I was, sailing along the ocean blue. What? The, why? What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> like, All I heard was creepy Scott in the corner being like, I was sailing along the ocean blue, touching children. Like, what, what are you, what are you, what? No was touching. No one was kitty touching. You have a slang term for it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I heard. He was a pederast. Pamela Webbs. He did a six pederast. months in Chino for exposing himself to an eight-year-old. For pederast. Eight-year-olds, dude. He had to go door-to-door telling everyone he was a pederast. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go home. I'm, I'm leaving now. I'm I can't be here. I got warrants. 